Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Vibrations of love. And some say love is a verb. But much deeper than that, love is a vibration. It is that energy that stirs the soul and opens up the heart. Vibrations of love call out to the divine that connects us with the beauty of life and the oneness of it all. I need not to say it with words, although it is always nice to hear, but greater still, Feel it. Vibrations of love lift me higher and I fill the empty spaces within the soul. It is the divine in its purest essence. It is me at the height of my being. I am vibrations of love.
Hi, I'm Angela Peabody of Global Woman Peace Foundation, and I listen to America's Meditating Radio Show. Over 30,000 homeless children live in the streets of La Paz, Bolivia. Most of these children live on the bridges and cemeteries or wherever they can find shelter. They eat whatever they can find, steal or beg. Father Joseph Maria Neuenhofer, a German priest, has dedicated his entire life in helping these children. For the last 23 years, Foundation Arco Irish, founded and led by Father Neuenhofer, has helped thousands of these children in providing shelter, food, education, and medical care through the Foundation's hospitals. For more information and to donate to Foundation Arco Iris, go to www.arcoirisamerica.org. Blaylock Dialysis Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713-463-6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.blaylockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and it is my pure wish that the day has been one of growth, learning, inspiration, empowerment, clarity, understanding, kindness, appreciation. Anyway, thinking about just all the things that we have upon us and all the incredible stories that are in our lives to help us to grow. And as we continue to navigate during these particular times, we're learning more and more as we move along. And we will continue to learn more and more as we move along because that's what the soul is. The soul is an energy of growth, it's an energy of learning, and it's an energy of love. So if we are finding ourselves struggling, then that's okay. So let us take another moment and do a nice pause for the humanity and for America and let us practice a little bit of letting go of just all the energy that's out there right now because we need some lightness, we need some humor, but we also need some power. So let us take a deep dive inside and experience our own inner light and truthfulness. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax.
this meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. Ask yourself. How do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Supreme Soul would think of you, and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free Peaceful, pure, immortal, and eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. that has put you in that particular special place, that special place that 
we can keep generating the real energy for the United States and around the world. I'm really excited to welcome our next guest, popular motivator, mentor, and inspirational speaker, Rabbi Daniel Cohen's unique blend of authenticity, humor, wisdom, and insight really helps to better navigate contemporary society and lead a life of legacy. Rabbi Cohen serves as a senior rabbi of Congregation of Agudat Shalom, the largest modern Orthodox synagogue in New England. He's the author of What Will They Say About You When You Are Gone? Creating a Life of Legacy. Today, we welcome Rabbi Daniel Cohen to America Meditating Radio. Shalom, Rabbi. Welcome. (laughs) Shalom. Thank you very much for hosting me this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. We've celebrated recently the Indian festival called Diwali and... It was just very meaningful because of the COVID situation, and it just had a deeper sense of appreciation. So we felt very, very blessed, and we had a lot of gratitude. That's great. Yet um, we have to certainly look for all the positive and uh, revealed blessings during this time. Indeed. The COVID-19 has really, I think, turned humanity. You know, maybe it is the absolute situation to wake up all of humanity. You know, people are losing their jobs. Food insecurity in the United States and around the world, homelessness, all of that. Political, interesting entertainment is happening. What are your thoughts about all that is happening? What do you think it's actually here to teach us? Well, I think you're right. I mean, there's no question that people's lives are being upended, and those things we thought were certain and secure are not necessarily so. And really, it's a moment not for me or you to say to somebody, this is what you should learn, but it has to be a moment of self-reflection. I mean, there's a very important idea within the Jewish faith that any event that happens to us or around us should not be seen as coincidental, but rather there's some divine message or opportunity for growth. And to me, that's what really this time is all about. And rather than what I share with my congregation and community is kind of lament the darkness and regret and be filled with anxiety, Let's seize this moment to try to transform the obstacles into opportunities and try to renew relationships and recalibrate what's truly important to us so that not only do we survive this moment, but really we use it as an opportunity to thrive and to grow and to become better community and more healed country as well. Now, you and I know that all of that makes sense, and we sense it and we feel it. Tell me when you've been in a position where you felt your back was really to the wall and you really didn't know where the light was going to come in, could you share with us the process that you went through to get out of it? Because right now, where their back is to the wall and, you know, that fog that comes over you, the fear, the feeling of the worst comes over you in thinking. But, of course, eventually some of us get out of it and some of us actually get worse. In terms of your story, how did you get out of it? So I would say for me... One of the pivotal moments in my life and one of the most tragic moments was when my mom passed away from a brain aneurysm when she was 44 years old. I'm the oldest of six children at the time. I was a college student without a care in the world, and I still remember to this day that moment in the hospital when she was in a coma and really grappling with the sense of, you know, how do I move on from here? And certainly there's a period of deep mourning, which I still feel, but then I really came to a realization that what I needed to do in a moment when there was that tragedy or that sense of despair is not sit in that place, 
but realize that there is some higher purpose for me to be able to carry on, in this case, my mother's spirit, to be able to take a world which right now is darker because she is not there, and then take upon myself the responsibility to help bring more of her light into the world. And there's no question that we're living in a moment when there's very few degrees of separation. Everybody's experienced some loss, some feeling that life is not as the way that it should. And my philosophy, and I really draw a lot of strength from my family and from my faith, is to say every day we have to choose life. Every day we have to focus on what can I do today to try to light another candle in the world. And I truly believe that every moment and breath that I take is another infusion of renewed love and renewed faith. And it's an opportunity for me then to take that and to try to bring that light into the world. And I would say, you know, for me, and this is really the catalyst behind the book, we all have those moments when we feel a certain sense of grace. Somebody is drowning, God forbid, or somebody is in the hospital, and I see that as a rabbi. And then for about 15 minutes or 30 minutes, we feel, wow, I really feel a sense of purpose. But then the question is, how do we live with that on a consistent basis so we don't have just that awakening when there's an external crisis, but how do we live with it on a regular basis? And for me, it's through prayer, it's through acts of kindness, it's through reframing that anything that happens to me, I have a choice as to how I'm going to find meaning and find purpose in that. And I'm not going to know all the answers. But for me, you know, I think a lot about, by the way, also Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. And really he formulates there an important idea that we have the freedom to choose in any moment how we respond to an event that happens to us. The question is, how do we see the world around us? And I have deep faith that each and every one of us, if we fill our lives with gratitude, if we fill our lives with love and acts of kindness and spreading our light, that light inside of us will lift, will give us hope, will give us renewed strength, and will feel a real strong sense of purpose and life mission. That's why I always inform or kind of suggest to folks that are in my contact, try not to focus so much on the negativity, the news that's kind of feeding a narrative, even relatives that are feeding a narrative because they are influenced by media or social media or the news or whatever. We need as much strength internally as we can get. And sometimes when there are negative experiences happening inside of the soul that I'm watching on television or on the radio about negative stuff outside in the world. You know, how do you Mm -hmm. find your light? How do you find that strength to get out of it? And sometimes it becomes a habit or a pattern for people, Rabbi. And I don't know if you've seen it. It almost becomes like nobody thinks anymore. But when it becomes really tragic, they're like in this mental space of trying to find an answer but they've created so much cobweb of waste and negativity that has been hard to get out. So let's say that you're one of those folks who just basically created a pattern of feeding into the news, feeding in reality shows, feeding with hanging around people who are toxic or negativity, right? But you want the like, what would be the first thing you would tell them, look, just do this? I turn off the news for 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, I would say, and I say this, why do we fill our minds up? It's just negative. It's divisive. It brings us down. And we can't expect to feel positive and to fortify ourselves when we're filling our minds with such negativity. You know, the role of any news agency is to scare us. I mean, literally, 
you get on for the first 30 seconds or a minute, the way they get their ratings is to freak people out. So why do we want that in our life? You know, I've said to somebody, a mystic said many years ago, everybody has worries, by the way. I'm not saying people shouldn't have worries, but what you should do is you take a box and you say, okay, for these 15 minutes, I'm going to worry as much as I need from 8 o'clock till 8.15 in the morning. And then I'm going to put it in a box and I'm not going to think about it again till tomorrow. And create a certain discipline where we spend more time feeding our minds and our souls with positive things. I think prayer is important. Walking outside and listening to nature is important. Having friends that can support you on this journey. I mean, oftentimes, and this is not always easy, is to really invest in relationships that will bring us up and not bring us down. Now, it does take some discipline to say, you know what, I don't want to spend time with somebody who's going to be negative and either maybe it's study together or find other people to surround yourself with. And that takes courage. It does take courage to reorient our life to be supported by values and people and information and relationships that will bring us up. But to me, that's important. I'll give two steps. Step number one, turn off the news for 24 hours. (laughs) Step number two, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should say is, thank God I'm alive and thank God that God believes in me. I have a purpose here. Mm -hmm. And there's something unique that I can contribute today that is something that nobody else in the world can do. And that's really about sharing a little bit of my light with somebody else. I love that very much. Well, congratulations on your book, What Will They Say About You When You're Gone?, it's an interesting thing. You know, I hear that a lot, like with folks talking to leaders about how will you go down in history as so-and-so and such-and-such. And sometimes I wonder, if I'm living my life to create a legacy, does it remain genuine or am I just trying to make a mark or is it just living with the passion that will be the mark? Does that make any sense? Say it one more time. If I'm living my life to create a legacy because, you know, we now have the tools. Do this, do this, do this, you'll shine. Everybody will love you for that. Versus Uh, living your life with a passion. Won't that be my legacy? Well, I think that the way to lead a life of legacy is to lead life with passion. In other words, you Mm -hmm. know, we have a choice, which again is to kind of just be almost like a pinball where we are reactionary to everything that happens in the world. Or we can choose with passion to lead life intentionally, to make choices in which we are not being solely influenced by the world, but we are here to influence our friends and our family and our world around us. The second step, though, is not just having it inside of us, but the second step is impact, is creating eternity. And I think one of the misconceptions is that legacy means I'm this famous person. It's not about that. Legacy is, it could be that you're the kind of person, they said this about my mother, somebody that she was a stranger to no one. Your legacy is that when you go in the supermarket or when you see somebody or when the mailman comes or somebody, you're always saying hello and making sure that people leave your presence feeling better about life than when they first came and saw you. And that's something each and every one of us can do. That's really where legacy starts. Beautiful. So tell us a little bit more about the book and... What was the inspiration? Where were you when you actually decided to put pen to paper and come up with this? Sure. So I would say it was really two factors. I mean, I'm sure like with anything, when you have a book inside of you, there's so many things. But I would say the catalyst for me was, one, my own life experience with having that awakening after my mother 
passed away. But then when I reached the same age as my mother, my mother was 44, and then I knew she was young, but then when I got to the same age as her, that was a critical moment for me, the genesis of this book. I asked myself, am I leading the best life that I can with the gift of the life that I have? And what is my legacy going to be? Um, And I began to think about that more deeply. And also as a rabbi, I encounter a lot of people who only come to me. Someone, for example, is very sick and they say, Rabbi, pray for me. And I haven't seen them in a long time. And then they go into the hospital. I don't hear from them again. And I found oftentimes that it's in those moments of crisis. There's no atheist in a foxhole, people say, where people feel very motivated. I do a lot of funerals. And I'll find that people will walk out of the funeral feeling that they want to spend more time with family, but then within about a day, they just go back to their emails and life as usual and bad habits. So all of these factors really inspired me to think about what can I do to help people, not when they're, God forbid, in a hospital or not, God forbid, when they're experiencing a tragedy, identify what is their best self, what is the kind of life that they want to lead. And that's really the beginning of the book. I really help people identify questions in their life. What are the five words they want to be remembered by? They had 24 hours to live. What would they do and why? What's worth fighting for? And then I have developed a journey, which is seven principles to help people reverse engineer their lives so they lead the life now for how they want to be remembered. And the premise of the book is that I'm not trying to impose anything from outside in somebody else, but I am trying to help people listen to the voice inside of them which is calling within each and every one of us to realize the very best version of ourselves every day, and it will enrich our relationships. It will give our life so much more meaning, optimism, and impact. And that's really the journey of the book, and I'm really blessed. You know, my mother lives with me, been over 30 years, but she was a person who herself was very upbeat, very optimistic. When people asked her how she was doing, she would say, thank God, fantastic, and she was really a person who was very non-judgmental and loved and found the spark of the divine in everybody. And my father, he should live and be well, always, and again, it wasn't something that was prescriptive, but he really instilled within me that life has a purpose and that I shouldn't waste my time and that I should try to do my best to create impact. And those things, and I would say certainly I have a great soulmate in my wife who supported me on this journey, have all helped me not only write the book, but now I do a lot of speaking on the book and trying to motivate people because it's certainly something that particularly during this COVID moment people are thinking about, which is what is their legacy. I'm trying to help people unpack that inside themselves. Beautiful. Now, you talked a little bit about the reverse engineering or you know getting your life back on track. And in the book, you do mention those seven transformative principles. Can you elaborate a little bit more about the reverse engineering process or Offer us one or two practices. So the first step, you know, when we talk about reverse engineering your life is first identifying your prototype. What is the kind of life that you want to lead? There was actually a friend of mine who was in business. We were talking many years ago, and he said that when he's trying to develop a plan, he kind of starts at the end. What's his goal? Which I think we all, you know, Stephen Covey said that, start at the end, and then work your way backwards. So the question for all of us is, and this takes time to develop, is what is the kind of life? What do we want our legacy to be? So there are around 10 questions in that first chapter, and some of them I mentioned. I'll give you another example of it where, you know, what are the five words you want to be remembered by? So 
I'll give you a simple one. Somebody said to me after they did this practice, I want to be remembered as a father, as a son, as a friend. And then he said in front of a group of people, he said, I have a sister, and I forgot to write down that I'm a brother. And that exercise awakened within him the need to strengthen his sibling relationship. Now, thank God he had that awakening when he's healthy, and he can really do something about it. I mean, I see this, by the way, particularly in sibling relationships. You know, when we're very young, we're very close if we have siblings. But then it takes effort to nurture those relationships, which are really important to us. It shouldn't take just, God forbid, a tragedy or only at a celebration to come together. So I ask questions like that. Or I'll give you another one where 24 hours to live, what would a person do and why, which helps certainly focus the mind. So somebody said to me, I would identify those people in my life who helped me get to where I am, and I would reach out and I would thank them and let them know how much mm. I appreciated what they did for me. And then all around the room, everyone looked at this person and said, what are you waiting for? And then he emailed me the next day, and he said, every day now I'm trying to identify somebody in my life. It could have been a friend, teacher, just somebody who maybe I encountered once or twice but said something to me that really changed the way I was thinking in my life, and it has transformed his life because he's using every day as an opportunity to recognize those people. It not only changes his perspective, but it helps those people too. Sometimes we say things to people and we don't even realize the impact that it has. So that's really the first part. And then the book is about, okay, so this is the ideal of what my life should be. How do I really live this out? So one thing I'm sure you'd love is the one called Seizing Meditative Moments. <laughs> um, <laughs> I figured you would. I mean, this is the meditative radio, which is very much about this idea turning off the outside world on a consistent basis so we can turn in our inner world and listen to what's going on inside of us. And one of the stories you know, I share is about a person who's on a farm and he loses a watch, and he says to everybody in the farm, go into the barn, I'm sure the watch is there. Everybody runs around, and nobody can find it, and they all go in to eat. About 15 minutes later, there's a young boy who comes back and says, I found the watch. He said, well, how did you find the watch? We had 20 people in there running around. He said, well, all I needed to do is I put my head to the ground, and I heard the watch ticking. Wow. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's so much noise in all of our lives, we're not listening to what's going on inside of us. And the key is doing that consistently. It could be once a week. You know, it could be every day for some people. But it should be or even once a month. But that notion of seizing meditative moments is certainly a critical building block. Another one that I speak about a lot is uh, related to the notion of impact. It's called discovering your Elijah moment. And it's based on a beautiful story. Elijah was a prophet, but Elijah is seen as somebody who comes into people's lives to make a difference. And it's based upon a story about a person who went to a mystic and said, I want to see Elijah the prophet. They said, if you want to see Elijah, go deep into the forest. There's a widow there with children. Bring food, and I promise over the weekend you'll see Elijah. So he goes Friday night, Saturday. Sunday morning comes, there's no Elijah, and he goes back to the mystic. He said, you promised me I would see Elijah the prophet. He said, well, go back this week, same thing with the food, and this week I promise You'll see Elijah the prophet. So he goes. It's Friday afternoon. He's deep within the forest. He's within earshot of the home, and he hears a young child crying out to the mother. And the young child says to the mother, Mommy, where are we going to get food from for this weekend? And the mother turns to the child and says, Just like Elijah came last week, Elijah's going to come again. 
And it was in that moment that he realized that he was the Elijah that this woman was waiting for. And discovering your Elijah moment means we may not be able to change the world, but each and every one of us can change the world of one person. And if we lead our lives with that sense that no encounter is random, and then in every encounter that I have, there's an opportunity to lift somebody up in that moment, our lives will be so much more meaningful. And to me, that's one of the greatest strategies to create a life of legacy. What about those relationships that you live with 24-7? And those are the ones that you sometimes struggle with lifting their lives up as well as yours because you see them every day, 24-7. They are your opportunity to grow and learn, but you sometimes forget that, and you don't treat them the best. You don't raise them up. You don't keep yourselves up. And generally, you walk around complaining about this marriage or this parent or this partner or this roommate, what would you advise folks in that 24-7 scenario where they're feeling like, I just don't have it in me to raise my husband or my wife up anymore? You're a very wise woman. That's one of the challenges. We oftentimes are more kind to strangers than we are to the people that are like around us all the time. I guess there's a few things. Number one, it's about really reminding ourselves every morning, every night about living with intention and that the fact that I have this spouse and the fact that I have this child, that God wanted me to be in the presence of this person for a reason. It's not always easy because they're always here, but at the same time, there is a purpose for this relationship. And I'm a big believer also, it says in Isaiah chapter 41, those who have faith in God, their strength will be renewed. They will grow wings like eagles. They will run and not grow walk. And the notion of remembering that there's something transcendent about this, and I'm going to find the strength to share something that nobody else can. Because of the closeness of my relationship, I'm in a unique position to give them the strength that they need that nobody else can. I think to me that's also important because we are there for a reason. And I do believe that when we do that, there's something also that goes on inside of us. It may not be easy for me to And listening, by the way, is really important. Sometimes people are tired of listening to a spouse, God forbid, or tired of listening. But the simple act and the gift that we can give somebody to be fully awake, to put our phones away, and I believe taking walks is great with this. Leave your phone at home. Go take a walk. Say to a spouse or a child, let's leave our phones. I want to take a walk with you for 30 minutes. just want to hear how life is doing. I want to tell you about what's going on in mine. That's something that really can strengthen a relationship. And I believe those are all factors in helping lift people up. Good advice. Because it becomes like you see each other every day, and you forget that actually that person with you every day is your opportunity to be as strong as you could possibly imagine. And we just forget that. You know, it's true. I'm trying to think of this came up recently also where, and I guess as a person gets older, they really begin to cherish these moments a little bit more. But time mm-hmm. is fragile. Time is short. And... Yes. One of the greatest, I would say, accomplishments that a person can have in life is not to live long in years, it's to live long in days. And what I mean by that is we can't control the amount of years that we are in this world, but we can control what we do with our days. And if I make a conscious decision that I'm going to be fully present, I mean, this gets back to the whole meditation thing, and that's where relationships begin to break when people are just not present, when families are sitting at tables and they're not talking to each other, they're all on their phones, or somebody comes into a house and they haven't left their work at work, and that's harder these days. 
because a lot of people yeah, are working at home. Exactly. But it's critical to be able to, and I learned this when I was in college, to compartmentalize our minds. If our minds are filled with so many different things and we're not fully focused on one thing at one time, our relationships will suffer, our work will suffer, and we're going to feel like we really haven't made the most of the life that we've been given. Beautiful. And I think in the delicate times that we're in where there's such uncertainty, you talk so much about finding faith. And I believe that's where we need to somehow rekindle this living relationship with the divine and bring that into our relationships. Because if I'm having a relationship with the divine, won't I be like the divine? Won't I be able to have the tolerance and the and the qualities, right? A hundred and ten percent. I couldn't agree with you right. more. I mean, King David, I'm a big fan of the book of Psalms. I think people don't appreciate that it's a book of great strength. I mean, King David, literally walking in the valley of the shadow of death, he experienced moments of great joy and tragedy. And all along the way, as he says in Psalm 16, God stands before me always. And he understood, and here one of the great mystics says, that everybody has within them the spark of God. So if I truly believe that God is in everyone, I will be more patient with others. I won't dig for the dirt. I'll mine for the gold. I'll find something positive in somebody. Because if God loves that person, if God is patient with that person, then I need to be patient and forgiving. And one of the things I also say is that each and every one of us has flaws. Nobody's perfect. Yet God renews us with his love every day. So if God is willing to forgive us and renew us, we have to walk in God's ways and be as generous and kind in spirit with others as God is with us. And I think, to me, by the way, that's probably one of the most important things we can do as a country. And everybody's looking for external remedies. If every single human being in our country recognized that every human being is created in God's image, let's bring back the faith. We push faith too much out. I wouldn't see another person as a Republican or Democrat or white or black. I would see them as a child of God. Yes. And I would treat them differently. And it's okay that we disagree, but that doesn't mean that I have to cancel you out. It doesn't mean I have to diminish you. We have to find a way to come together as one family. And that has unfortunately been, I would say, removed. But I agree with you 100%. That's got to be brought back. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. And maybe that what this pandemic, everything is actually helping us because fascinated me, Rabbi, is the fact that all this stuff that's going on isn't happening just in America. It's happening around the world. So there is like this global awakening that is taking place. And we are having, as you said, you know, you have this campaign, the Elijah moment, because you and Pastor Greg you created this campaign, and before I end our conversation, I have to have you talk about it because it's so important. Yes, I mean, we believe very strongly, and usually we're actually kind of launch it during the holiday season of Thanksgiving, that in a world which is filled, unfortunately, with acts of violence and self-centeredness, we have to flood the world with acts of kindness. And we challenge people to find ways, and there's so many, to create these Elijah moments. I'll give you one, and I would love the country to do this. On Thanksgiving morning, in our community, we're encouraging people, go to the police, go to the fire department, go to the EMS, and say thank you, and make them feel appreciated. That, to me, is an Elijah moment. 
really, again, there's food banks. There's so many things calling people up who are isolated. A lot of people today don't have the same connections that they did before. And in our own world, we can only change. This, to me, is really one of the key ideas. We can all change the world that touches us. It goes back to the news. If all I'm doing is listening to the big picture in the news, I begin to think that I can't do anything. But the truth is we can If you have a room that's filled with darkness and you light one candle, that entire room will be illuminated. And Pastor Greg and I really feel that there's a spiritual equilibrium in the world, that the world needs to be renewed with acts of kindness and acts of love. And that's the most effective way to lift people up personally, to give them hope, to realize that there are a lot of wonderful people out there who really believe in the light and want to share the light, and it will help elevate our country as well. So we have a Facebook page, people post it on there. And just in general, we also are trying to encourage people to do what I call flash mobs of kindness, which to me is so important, particularly given this summer, there are unfortunately flash mobs of violence. I mean, people just going in. We're encouraging people, and I've done this before. There's a local bakery here. Between 10 and 11 o'clock this Friday, Elijah moment, I want you to go in, and I want you to start paying for people's coffee. And you have 10 people descending on a local store and just being nice to people. And it's amazing the light that will shine, and we can do that all over the country and all over the world. And to me, that's the way the world is restored. That's the way faith becomes much more part of our life. And that's the way we recognize our common humanity and create a little more hope in a world of hurt and more light in a world of darkness. Beautiful. Leave us with a website or information where individuals can get more information. Sure. You can go on my website. It's www.rabbidanielcohen.com. There's information there about the book. There's videos, speaking engagements people are interested in. You know, I'm always looking to hear from people about their own Elijah moments, their own stories. And I want to wish you all of God's blessings to shine his light on you and to help you reveal that light and share it with others as well. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Greatly appreciate it. Many, many blessings and good wishes. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. All the best. Wonderful conversation with Rabbi Daniel Cohen, everyone. For more information on his book, go to rabbidanielcohen.com. The book is entitled, What Will They Say About You When You're Gone? Creating a Life of Legacy. Imagine just being kind. We don't remember that. Come on. Yes, you do. (laughs) Anyway, just always remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Please, let's do that. Time for us to have our Elijah moment. So let's get on board with Rabbi Daniel Cohen's work and really make the world a much better place. So take care. And, of course, you know what to do as a result of this show. And I'm going to end it with Paul Leftiger called The World. Enjoy it. You be well. Take care. And the world goes around and round on an axis in the earth, and it rotates in such a
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, 
and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.